Whether it's her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct has everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President, Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count. For your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for less. And for a limited time, new customers receive their second month free when they sign up and use promo code MONTHFREE by May 31st. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up! And call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Taxes, fees, and other third-party charges will apply. See website for additional details. Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Alexander sent us hours of video showing his team scoping out Russian vehicles, even finding them when they're hidden and almost impossible to spot, and then helping the Ukrainians hit them. We are eyes. We call eyes because with eyes you can see and you can report. And as soon as you see, you can conduct strikes, artillery, uh, airstrikes. How long does it take to get your information to the right places to then be able to act on the intelligence that you provide? In good time, it's about a matter of minutes. Modern warfare. We're getting them uh, old-style equipment like guns and bullets, and uh, we're helping provide uh, new-style equipment like drones and all kinds of different stuff uh, to help out the Ukrainians. Let's bring in Mike Lyons, military analyst that we love talking to since, unfortunately, um, since this conflict began, we've had to talk to him a lot. But uh, Mike served with various military organizations, both the United States and Europe, throughout his career, commanded in Operation Desert Storm and um, Desert Shield. 
Received a bronze star for his actions in combat. Uh, West Point, he's got plenty of credentials. See him on CNN and various other places all the time. Mike, welcome back to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Hey, Jack, thanks so much for having me back. By the way, some of the reporting, uh, I, I, I keep talking about what a great job CNN is doing, but a lot, yeah. of the, a lot of the journalism out there is just great around this story. And it's one of the, you know... Uh, yeah. It's one of the stories of our time, no doubt about it. Yeah. Where, where do you see things currently? We were just talking to David Ignatius of the Washington Post. Mm-hmm. He feels mm-hmm. like a phase one has ended and a phase two is beginning. How do, how do you see this? Yeah, that's probably a good way to put it. Uh, the Battle of Kiev is over with uh, Russia being defeated by first a uh, Ukraine maneuver force and then by a Ukraine guerrilla force that actually ejected them from land that Russia took. I, you know, I can't look in history and see many times when the defenders have done that without adding more troops, without repositioning more troops and not getting any help other than the, the equipment that's poured in from the West that's come, the, the javelins and those combat multipliers that story just had on the drones is is phenomenal, and the fact that they're able to synchronize fires, as we call it, in the, in the field artillery. Um, you, you look every day and you see the pictures of the, of the coordination that's taking place between real-time intelligence. That's the other thing we're providing them. We're not talking about that a lot, but we're providing them real-time intelligence to where those Russian troops are. I think that's why I think we talked about that's why those general officers are getting killed, because we're telling them, hey, look, guess what? There's a general officer here. You know, kind of go after him. So, so it I do think it's now phase two where they're going to try to reposition all these forces now, but they've got to take what's called exterior lines. What that means is they've got to go all the way around. They've got to travel about 1,500 or so kilometers around to get to this new battlefield, which is going to be the east in the Donbass region, and Ukraine will reposition its forces and start the counterattacks already. So Russia doesn't have any momentum. They likely lose that as well, and Mariupol still hasn't fallen. So I, I can't get over how superbly the Ukraine military has performed. So the atrocities that we've all seen, the pictures, the videos, the things you read about what happened in these towns over the last six weeks yeah. while the Russians occupied them, is this an undisciplined, out-of-control military full of thugs, or was this the plan from the yeah. beginning? You, you know, we talked about this a couple of weeks ago, and I said from the very beginning that this will turn on what the Russian soldier does at the private level, at the lowest level of the execution phase of the Russian military. What they do when they are faced with Ukraine citizens and civilians and non-combatants. And um, I, there was a side to me that was just kind of hoping that we weren't going to see what we ended up seeing. It reflects, frankly, and this is going to sound really terrible, but it reflects Russian culture, unfortunately. And and we would do the same for us. We would project, you know, our the military reflects the society that it's from. It's just that simple. And it's where we get the soldiers from. And I, I'm I'm afraid now the Russian culture and Russian people are are stained now with the the, the performance of their military now. You know, part of the playbook, well, that's the most overused term right now, the Putin playbook and, and all that that goes with that. But, but, but for whatever reason, this is how the, the Russian military on the ground fights. That's the first time. It's, it's, it's 19th century tactics. It's what happens back. It's what Russia has done before in every war they've ever been involved with when they tried to conquer another, another country. We just maybe didn't think it was going to happen now, but it did. And, um, it, it just, it just not changed. And I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, but it reflects poorly on Russian culture. Yeah, it is amazing historically. Putin's doing the same thing. Stop. Holland did, who did the same thing yep. the czars before him did. Yep. It's just absolutely amazing. Right. Um, it got everybody's it, it got everybody's attention when General Milley said this is going to be measured in years. He, and he said possibly not decades, but years. Yeah. So uh, I don't think any of us were expecting that. So what does this look like for years? 
So, so now we're going to look at this. So deep down, the United States wants the Russian army destroyed in Ukraine. And that's why we're pouring the weapons that we're doing in. And, and Russia's doing a pretty good job of getting itself destroyed in Ukraine. Still a regional conflict. We have to look at it that way. Still can't get involved. Let's hope uh, Putin doesn't expand it, doesn't attack NATO, doesn't you know go in, in such a way that forces us to respond. Uh, but it likely goes months because he has the people in the mass. He's got these these battalion tactical groups, what they're called, and how they fight. And you know he brought about 120 of them or so to the battlefield. He's still got about 80 or 80 or so left, and he's repositioning now in this Donbass region where he's going to outnumber the Ukraine military. Um, maybe two or three to one still. So, um, the, the, again, it's just going to see how well the Ukraine military fights and how they defend and what they can do. I, I think this is like the Arab-Israeli war from 1973 in that it had two, basically two fronts in the north and in the south and the same thing that happened there. Um, and after the Israelis, you know, kind of win in the north and then focus in the south, and that's really what I think could happen here as well. And there'll be this trade-off for land for peace, and the Ukraine border likely gets redrawn. But if Ukraine can keep Odessa, they lost Crimea, that's gone, right? We all agree with that. But if they can keep Odessa, that keeps that warm water port, they have something. Um, but Mariupol is, is probably the last thing that the Russians are going to go for, and they have to have it if they want to declare any kind of strategic victory. So Secretary of State Blinken said yesterday that we are providing, or they will soon have, uh, 10 anti-tank systems for every Russian tank. You're the only person I've heard explain the whole tank to me that losing tanks really isn't a thing. And Russia has lost a lot of tanks. And now they're gonna, right. there's going to be 10 uh, systems for taking out tanks for every tank that exists. So yeah. uh, that's got to be good news for the Ukrainians. Yeah, and, and that those things take out things more than tanks. They blow up buildings. They, they destroy uh, bunkers. They do things that, that are that, – uh, and they do it in a way they're heat-seeking. They're fire and forget. They're, they're high – there's a kind of technology that we brought to the battlefield that's making a difference. All wars have these kinds of things that make a difference, right? Desert Storm had GPS systems, that the fact that got us to the right spot at the right time, and MLRS, multiple lost rocket systems that allowed deep interdicting fires – in this war, it's these drone technologies, the switchblades you're seeing, the fact that the stingers are still keeping the skies open, the fact that the, the, the skies are still uh, contested and no, no one really has their superiority there. But these javelins, those last things are just tearing the tops off those tanks and the BMPs, and they're causing Russians to, to uh, surrender really in mass. And, and the fact of the matter is we, we aren't just firing one for one. We're firing five or six at one tank. We're making sure that tank dies. So the... Um a spokesman for Zelensky said yesterday, I need, I need three things, weapons, weapons, and weapons. The yeah. in, the public in the United States, according to polls, is all for giving them more. Should we be yeah. giving more? What would more look like? I just found out that even though we've, we've uh, given Ukraine a billion dollars worth in the last six weeks, we were pumping right. in nine billion a month in Iraq at the time. Right. We, the, so we were able to do kind of the heavy crew-related equipment in Iraq, but we can't really do that here. I, I don't know how it gets there. I, you see uh, the Czech Republic trying to give APCs, all Soviet-made, because it's too difficult to now train Ukraine um, troops on Abrams tanks or U.S.-based equipment. The, the, we've got countries in NATO that have the same kind of equipment Ukraine does. If we're going to give anything, that's where it's got to come from. We, we have this, uh, the MiGs all the time. People say, oh, let's get them the MiGs, and see here we go from there. Again, too hard. You gotta, they'll fly in. They've got to park them. You've got to rearm them, refuel them. I'm not sure they're going to be difference makers. The difference makers are those javelins. The different makers are the individual weapon systems 
that are easy to use, um, that are easy to train on, that, that we've got so many in there. Now, I am a little bit concerned that we're actually sending too many there because those stingers, I think we've talked about too, those stingers are weapons of mass destruction if they find their way back to the United States. You know, those are... Those are not – they're in the play box right now. They're in the playpen of the, of the Ukraine government there. But the bottom line is those get, those get in the wrong hands, and those become you know, weapons of they could shoot down commercial aircraft and things like that. We've got to be really careful about some of the weapons we also provide there and make sure there's accountability for them. Interesting. Uh, one final question, and I've been trying to figure out how to ask this. So I, I was looking at the picture of uh, – there was a side-by-side thing floating around on social media – couple of days ago when Zelensky went and visited uh, one of those towns where all the horror happened and the look on his face and just his face in general uh, compared to what he looked like six weeks ago I mean the guy is mm-hmm. aged 10 years and six weeks yeah. and how, how do you blame him how do you for those of us who have never been around this such a horror how do you keep your I mean, what do you focus on to keep your your, your 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 humanity to keep from going crazy to keep from questioning yeah. everything when you see this sort of stuff yeah that's a great question and uh, you know i prepared to go to war my whole adult life you know i went to west point and i read books and i trained hard and here's a guy that gets thrust into that environment he's a comedian he's a movie star and all these other things before he gets to that spot but he's quickly learned that number one you have to live in the moment and you have to live right there right at that point in time make a decision based on your instinct. He has great instinct, I think, from what, what he's demonstrated. Um, but then the second thing, he's got to be able to compartmentalize. He's got to really look at something and not get too emotional about it, keep his emotions so in check. Um, I could tell you, again, being in combat, you see things that you have to look once, you look twice and say, okay, I got to keep going. I got to move forward. Mm-hmm. And I look at that guy and he just gets up every day. You know, I'm a little bit feel better now about Keeve and about his safety. I, mm-hmm. There was a time when we were getting up every day thinking about whether or not he was going to survive the night. But, um, but I think he's going to be okay, and I think he's going he's to emerge as a real leader. Um, and I think it's gonna, you know, he's, he's going to be getting the Nobel Peace Prize. There's lots of things that are going to be good if, to come his way. He's just got to maintain it. But, but it, uh, he was thrust onto it, and when people are thrust into greatness, they sometimes perform, and he's done superbly. This fact, I think, will be lost to history. But our government mm-hmm. told him to leave before it started, and he said, I ain't going. Man, what a decision yeah. that turned out to be for the history of, of his country and maybe the, for the history of the world. Yeah, no, absolutely, if he'd done that. And we're, we're, we've become, unfortunately, the risk-averse. You know, we're the superpower that's risk-averse. And, you know, I get it. I still don't want to push them too far. I think the administration has pretty much played this the way they needed to have played it. And there's not, you know, th- th- we've, this is telling us we have to fix this in the future, and we can't fix it now. We just have to get the combat to stop. We have to get the shooting to stop. But we've got to f- realize that we've got here because of 30 years of bad foreign policy. And, and then, uh, then in the moment, we've become risk-averse and, and almost psychologically disarmed. And I think that's, uh, you know, that's unfortunate. And that's, that's a, that is a bad reflection of this, this administration, frankly. Mike Lyons, thanks for your time. I love your work everywhere I see you. Your Twitter uh, feed is good to follow, and thanks for coming on today. Thanks, Jack. Anytime. Thanks for yeah. having me. Um, yeah, you look once, you look twice, and then you decide, I just got to keep going. I suppose you deal with it later, and that's what a lot of people who have uh, been in those situations, you know, end up doing for the rest of their lives. That's a tough situation, but somebody's got to do it. Thank God there are people that are willing to do it. Wow, is the Hunter Biden story growing. If this were Trump and his kids, you couldn't you couldn't get away from this story. But it's starting to get more coverage. I'm looking up at CBS News. Catherine Herridge, who used to be at Fox, 
spending some time on Hunter Biden. We, we got to get into that this hour. It's um, Hunter and Biden's brother are in serious trouble. Hunter, you're a loser. And of course, the big question is, does it get to the president at any point? Among other things on the way. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. During an event yesterday celebrating the Affordable Care Act, President Biden welcomed former President Barack Obama back to the White House and said, quote, feels like the good old days. Yeah, I bet it does. The good old days when you were just going out for ice cream and riding shotgun on the Hope and Change Express. <laughs> Sucks when the responsibility is all yours, doesn't it? Turns out there's a world of difference between taking an Uber and driving an Uber. Interesting how I feel like the late night comedians are uh, so willing to uh, poke fun at uh, Joe Biden in his current situation. And um, speaking of Joe Biden's current situation, there's some breaking news around the whole Hunter Biden and Joe Biden's brother story. And those two guys are in trouble. I mean, like serious trouble. You That's, dumb bastards. That doesn't even seem to be a question anymore. All around the laptop that the media claimed wasn't real and the emails were fake and a clear case of Russian disinformation. Everybody's just accepted that as real now. Uh, but whether or not it gets to the president, don't know. New York Post has 10 examples of where Joe Biden absolutely knew about Hunter's business dealings. Uh, hopefully we'll get to that later. It's pretty interesting. So next segment for some of that. I think we mentioned this yesterday, a man who gave up food for Lent. I think he can't survive without food. Lent lasts 40 days, right, Uh, leading up to Easter. Do you do this? Are you Catholic, or do you know people who do this? I grew up, where did I, I I was so aware of this as a kid, uh, Gladys. There's a harp. You know how to play the harp. I'm hearkening back to an earlier time. That's why you're here. That's why you get paid. I mean, I know you don't get paid much, but I mean, there's payroll taxes on our end. We provide you health insurance at your age. That's draining us because she's in her 90s. Um. Anyway, thank you, Gladys. Uh, as a kid growing up in southwest uh, Wisconsin, um, I was around a lot of Catholic kids. So um, Lent was a huge deal and Easter and all that sort of stuff. And people were always giving up something for Lent. And I wasn't Catholic and I never did. But this guy gave up food and uh, he's going with all beer. And he, he's uh, nearing the end of his all-beer diet because Easter is coming up on April 17th. And he's already lost 25 pounds by living on beer. I think there's a name for someone who does this. It's called an alcoholic. <laughs> and I don't know that. Maybe, just, uh, maybe he's just living off of beer. Maybe it was just super easy for him to completely give up food and drink enough beer to take in the calories to stay alive and not be an alcoholic. I suppose that's possible, or maybe not. Um, I guess I'm not going to have time for this. I uh, spent a lot of time talking to Mike Lines about the amazing story that is going on in Ukraine. We'll get to this later. How good marriage is for your health, and marriage and kids is even better for your health, and the life expectancy Yet, numbers keep growing of people who have no interest in getting married or having kids. Isn't that something? It adds years to your life and makes you healthy, but the number of people who are willing to do it 
at all is dropping. So that's kind of fascinating. Also, the math wars going on in California, which, of course, will spill out into the rest of the country of doing away with math that's too hard so you can get more equity among the scores for all the kids, which seems, I think most of you listening to this show are probably very one-sided about this like we are. It's crazy, but we'll uh, get into that. It's really heated up in recent days. If you missed an hour of the show, grab the podcast at armstrongandgetty.com. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. We have new information this morning about President Biden's brother, James Biden, and foreign business transactions that were flagged by American banks. A Republican senator looking into business deals made by Hunter Biden, that's the president's son, says James Biden played a key role. The senator spoke to our senior investigative correspondent, Catherine Herridge. CBS News has learned that more than 150 transactions involving either Hunter or James Biden's global business affairs were flagged as concerning by U.S. banks for further review. So that is from uh, CBS News just moments ago, and I can tell from the edit that the recorded show they broke in with this update that there are 150-plus transactions that have been flagged as concerning by U.S. banks with Hunter Biden and Joe Biden's brother. Let's listen to a little more of this, and then we'll get into some of the conversation around, are we headed toward a special counsel looking into Hunter Biden's laptop, the emails, and all that sort of stuff? We might be. Those concerns, including large wire transfers. You just got here. Make sure you got all the evidence. You- After nearly a three-year investigation, Republican Senator Chuck Grassley told CBS News he believes the president's younger brother, James, was instrumental in Hunter Biden's Chinese business ventures. So, that's something. Um, so, well, you, you know, at the very end of the presidential election, when the story broke in the New York Post about Hunter's laptop and the emails and the big guy and all that different sort of stuff that those of us in certain media circles talked about, but nobody else did, has now just become accepted fact. That's all real. Laptop was real. Emails were real. That was all absolutely real. It's just deciphering what it means. And now it's not just a Hunter Biden story, it's a Joe Biden's brother story, which makes it look more like the kind of got a criminal family thing going there. Um, And does it ever touch the pre- president? I want to hear a little more. Here's from Chuck Grassley, who happens to be, as Joe said the other day, a Civil War veteran. So give him some respect. Chuck Grassley, senator from Iowa. I think James Biden was very much a part of this. James Biden has worked as an entrepreneur and recently in the healthcare industry. We will focus on James Biden, the president's brother. This week, Grassley released bank records indicating James Biden's company, the Lion Hall Group, was paid directly by a Chinese finance consulting firm. And these are records that come directly from the banks, no third party. Yes, that's absolutely right. In our interview, Grassley did not allege that Biden's broke the law, but he said it's concerning that both Hunter and James Biden were promised retainers for their China work, totaling $165,000 a month, a month in 2017, after Joe Biden left the vice presidency. $165,000 a month retainer. 
for the brother and son of uh, the vice president and now president. And see, that's where I think this is going to end up. Uh, Joe thinks Biden's headed for Joe Biden. The president is headed for some criminal problems. I think it's going to end up with its kind of routine, unfortunately, sickeningly influence peddling D.C. style, which happens all the time. But it will be so. uh, First of all, Hunter and his brother might actually be in like criminal problems like. We know Hunter is. He's $400,000 buying in taxes, and the brother may have done some illegal stuff, too. They might go to some sort of white-collar prison where they play tennis and get massages and work out and come out tan, rested, and ready. But I'll be surprised if this ever ends up criminally hurting the president. But politically, it certainly changes the story from everybody loves him, good old Uncle Joe... Uh, grown-ups are back in the White House. All that stuff melts away when you got the brother and the son this involved in $165,000 a month from Chinese companies just so they they can, whenever they need to, you know, get Hunter or Joe's brother on the phone and say, hey, hey, can you get this message to, to your brother? Or can we meet him when he's in town or that sort of thing? So um, Jonathan Turley, who we really like around here, George Washington University law professor, and I think a completely straight shooter, fair arbiter of these sorts of things. I mean, he does things that are friendly to the Republicans. He does things Republicans hate. And uh, because of that, he only ever ends up on Fox, really, even though he's a pretty sure he's a I'll look it back up. I'm pretty sure, as I've said before, he's a Hillary Clinton voter. Anywho. Um, he's talking about how this is going to lead to a special counsel, or at least should. Clip 52, Michael. You could not create a stronger case for a special counsel. It's, it's impossible to, to look at these emails, look at these accounts, and not continually run over references to the president. There's even emails, uh, one email says, don't use his name, and instead they call him Celtic or the big guy, or they use an initial. But he is mentioned with, in relation to an office that he might be using, an account that might have mixed some of these funds, that might have paid off some of his debts uh, even a percentage of one of these deals we've had special counsels throughout the years to investigate things that uh, were 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 much smaller than this according to jonathan turley so it's just otherworldly for the president to suggest that he has nothing to do with this this wasn't a particularly sophisticated operation as you know influence peddling in washington is a virtual cottage industry this was as raw as you could get it's sort of like influence peddling on ebay i mean they really just were quite open about selling access so, so i i agree with joe's theory that um well, first of all, as Jonathan Turley said there, influence peddling is a cottage industry in Washington, D.C. That's what you do. If you've got an uncle or an aunt or a mom or a sister or whoever that's in Congress or in government at some level, you make money because you've got access to them. And it's just part of the way the whole thing works. And again, it's sickening, but that's part of the whole. But when Joe Biden was president, a vice president, particularly in the second term, he and the family thought that's the end of the road. I mean, he's going to he's going to finish this out as vice president and then he's done. And then he goes into the private sector and he's done. And so these these are our last years to cash in on this. And besides, nobody's going to give a crap about what we did with the ex vice president who's been out of office for years. They thought, you know, let's 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 grab our last goodies 
and uh, and we're going to fly under the radar because dad's going to be out of politics or my brother's going to be out of politics. And it turns out he ends up being president of the United States. And that's why this is all, uh, interesting again. Once again, Jonathan Turley. This is where I don't understand what the attorney general is thinking in terms of his analysis. I'm not saying that the Delaware U.S. attorney is not going to do an independent job or be aggressive, but there's going to be lingering questions. This is the Biden Justice Department investigating something that's terribly embarrassing to the president, and the president stands contradicted by this evidence. He's even contradicted by Hunter Biden, who said that he did talk to his father about some business deals. How can you possibly say that that's not a conflict of interest requiring a special counsel? I don't I don't even have the beginnings of an answer to that. So Jonathan Turley is perplexed as to how we're not already down into special counsel territory, given all of the stuff that's out there that it should at least be looked into. Can you imagine how the media would be going nutso if this were Trump and his uh, brother, who is dead, but if he had a brother and um, and one of his kids? Can you absolutely imagine the media frenzy? Because they there was a media frenzy for two years with a lot less to go on than this when Trump was in the White House. And the media up until now has been mostly ignoring this. Although that stuff I was playing you earlier from was from the CBS Early Show, and they did a good five-minute segment onto the the Hunter laptop. This story ain't going away anytime soon. Uh, I got a little more on that in just a second, but first I want to tell you about Simply Safe. Crime is up. The perception that crime is up is up, probably because crime is up. And uh, people are more worried about their safety than ever before, and Simply Safe is the best home security system that you can get. Best home security system of 2021, according to U.S. News, PC Magazine, Popular Science. People just really like it. And U.S. News just named Simply Safe the best home security of 2022 as well. Uh, the best is going to cost you, of course. you got to pay good for the quality. Well, generally that's true, but Simply Safe is less than a dollar a day. You set it up yourself in around 30 minutes. Very simple to use. No long-term contract. and You're not locked into a contract at all. You can even try it for 60 days risk-free. And if you don't like it, send it back if you want to. Customize your perfect system for your home in just a few minutes at simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. You can go today and claim a free indoor security camera plus 20% off with interactive monitoring. Just go to simplysafe.com slash Armstrong, simplysafe.com slash Armstrong. So the New York Post is out with here's a dozen times Joe Biden played a role in Sun Hunter's business dealings. And there's certainly the appearance that he did. This one was just referenced by Jonathan Turley. Number three on the list was Hunter Biden acknowledged. Hunter Biden said himself in a 2019 New Yorker magazine article that he and his dad once discussed Hunter's job on the board of the Ukrainian energy company Burisma, which paid him as much as $83,000 a month when Joe Biden was vice president under Barack Obama. Dad said, I sure hope you know what you're doing. And I said, I do, Dad. But Hunter said himself in an interview that he talked to his dad about that. So Joe Biden's saying, I never talked about his business. Well, one of them's wrong. Now, it's hard to tell which because one of them is uh, got dementia and the other one was a crack addict. So determining who remembers correctly between a crack addict and a senile old man, you know, it gets complicated. But one of them is wrong. Air Force Two trip. In December 2013, Hunter and his daughter traveled to China on Air Force Two with then-Vice President Joe Biden for a six-day trip. Joe Biden met with uh, President Xi on that trip of China. 
was also introduced to this guy, Lee, big-time businessman uh, who was paying Hunter. He was introduced to Lee in the lobby of the hotel where the American delegation was staying. Afterward, Hunter sat with Lee for what both sides claimed was a social meeting. Um, but again, it's examples of a business guy Hunter was getting paid by, he introduced to his dad. Did his dad know what was going on there? Did he, did, 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 uh, did Joe know that Hunter was getting paid by these guys? Who knows? But the way to figure that out is with a special counsel, which is the whole point of the argument by Jonathan Turley. I don't know if this happens while Biden is president. Republicans are going to take back Congress in November. They'll win the election, but they won't be in control until January of 23. And um, I don't know where this goes. It does depend on who's in, uh, who holds the House. Everybody expects the January 6th thing to just come to a halt when the Republicans take over the House. Maybe the investigations of Hunter and Joe Biden's brother ramp up when the Republicans take over the House. But this story is a long way from over, especially now that, for instance, CBS News and The Washington Post are interested in it. I've got a lot more to talk about, the health benefits of marriage and kids and all kinds of different things I want to get to. Three out of five Americans wake up in the middle of the night worried about finances. A guy said something interesting to me yesterday about that. I'm going to remember it. I'll pass it along next. Stay here. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Kicking off Hour 3, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the smartest guy I uh, know of around the topic of health care, Craig Gottwalls, is going to uh, get into Obamacare. You see, they celebrated the anniversary of Obamacare the other day. That's why Barack Obama was at the White House and how glorious that is. And uh, Craig's going to run for us through for us uh, how things have changed since Obamacare. And uh, number one will shock you. I know because I saw number one and it shocked me. So that's to kick off hour three. Uh, now for something stupid. Everybody kind of loves something. You know, many people love horses. I mean, I did too. But there's something about cows from the time I was a little girl. I had cows for pets, the real ones and the collectible ones. Key rings and more ornaments, teapots and canister sets over here, liquor decanters, lots of cookie jars here. We've got the Guinness World Record Certificate that I got in 2015 when I had 15,144 pieces. And the count is now 19,827. She has the Guinness record for the most cow-related items, so congratulations to her. And I am probably happier than I am, so I can't criticize that. An asteroid the size of a small house flew by Earth Tuesday night. I don't know if you noticed it. It's uh, quite close. It came within 79,000 miles of Earth. It's a third the distance between the moon and the Earth. So, you know, if the moon had been in the right spot, it would have been between us and the moon, which is a little crazy, 79,000 miles. And um, they got a lot of information out of it, tracking it and that sort of thing, and um, getting more information for the 
perhaps the opportunity to be able to intercept one of these if they ever have to in the future. If you haven't seen the movie, don't look up. It's it's all about that. It's comedy. It's hilarious. But uh, the idea that do we have the technology or the will to ever stop one of these if we ever decide we need to? And how big a deal is it an asteroid hitting the Earth? Well, we talked about that earlier. They just discovered the first dinosaur fossils directly related to the asteroid that hurt, hit the Earth 66 million years ago and wiped out the dinosaurs. I mean, changed changed the history of the planet, wiped out the whole dinosaur world and then the rise of mammals came and, and it, you know, it's, it's the biggest event in world history, no doubt about it. And uh, they found dinosaurs encased in sediment that they think died that day that the, the meteorite hit. So we want to avoid that in the future. Oh, that reminds me, we got some new UFO stuff we got to get to. That treasure trove of info that has come out because of a freedom of information request about women being impregnated by aliens and abducted and all the different sort of stuff. Not saying it happened, but there are there 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 are letters and reports to that effect in our government archives that have come out. We will get to that before the show is over because it's pretty interesting. New vehicles must average forty miles per gallon by twenty twenty six. Currently, it's twenty four. Really? So within four years, almost three and a half years. Vehicles are going to average 40 miles per gallon. How the hell is that possibly going to happen? They're going to lie. Who's going to lie? Uh, somebody's going to lie. So maybe <laughs> the manufacturers or something are well, going to say, yeah, here, 40. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what has happened so far. The reason Ford and Chevy make these little cars that nobody buys is because they have to. They have to get their average for their fleet to a certain number to be able to operate. And the only way you can sell all your, you know, uh, Denali SUVs and Ford F-250 Tremors and stuff like that, which is what people want, 77% of new vehicle sales are SUVs and trucks. 77%! Three out of four vehicles are an SUV or a truck. That's what people freaking want. But to get the gas mileage average to 24, you have to make and offer for sale you don't sell very many of them at all they just sit on the lot i don't know where they eventually end up going but that's to get the average down well so currently the average is 24 that you have to reach so if you're selling a you know a a denali suv that averages i don't know what averages 18 miles per gallon you got to have something that averages obviously um, quite a bit more, you know, in the 30s to get the average to 24. Well, starting in 2026 again, which is just three and a half years from now, it, the average has got to be 40 miles per gallon. So if you're going to continue selling SUVs, what are you going to, you're going to have to create the, the GMC tricycle. It's got this little motor on the back of it and it gets 200 miles per gallon and nobody will buy it, but I guess you call it the GMC tricycle and that brings your average up or something. I don't know how they're going to get around this unless they're just going to actually choke us off to where we're not allowed to buy. Matt, can you imagine what the used market will be like for SUVs and trucks if it's just not possible to sell those anymore? Because that is clearly what people want. They just do. All They might be teaching our kids in school and convince them that the new religion is climate change, but it hasn't affected our buying habits when it comes to vehicles, with three out of four vehicles being an SUV or a truck. I don't, I don't see how this sticks, or if the next administration lowers that number back down again, but it ain't going to go from 24 as an average to 40 in the next couple of years. Not going to happen. 
I didn't get to the marriage and kids makes you live longer and makes it happier. And despite that, nobody wants to get married and have kids. People don't even want to be in relationships at all, according to the new survey, which is weird, I think. Uh, Stay tuned for that in hour three. Armstrong and Getty. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why GameBridge offers the Parity Flex annuity, designed for women's unique retirement needs, with flexible withdrawals plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. GameBridge is helping build a better financial future for women. Retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Start saving now at GameBridge.io. Visit GameBridge.io slash ParityFlex for current rates, full product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.